You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our friends at Geico. We've got a big show today. Alistair Weaver's in the studio again. We're going to talk about Shelby GT500s, Corvette C8s, and a lot more. But first, everybody's got a to-do list. Maybe you're dropping off your dry cleaning, you're picking up some milk. Now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Be sure to check out Geico.com. And of course, our friends at Dodge. Visit your local Dodge dealer for performance, technology, and great deals. Never has there been a better time than right now. Dodge is offering power dollars. With power dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. That's every 2019 Dodge Charger, every 2019 Durango, every 2019 Challenger. You could buy a 2019 Dodge SRT Hellcat Red Eye and receive an almost $8,000 cash allowance. So you get more power and you get more off. It's pretty simple. Hurry to your local Dodge dealer today and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. All right, let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre, we got Bill Goldberg on the phone and in studio once again, our dear friend Alistair Weaver. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Matt? Oh, good. So we've got a short amount of time with Bill today because he's busy. Uh, Tell us what's going on, buddy. Well, we're doing a little commercial at the Goldberg Garage. You know, usually it's uh, traveling halfway across the country and... uh, Going on set somewhere else, but I've got the uh, the, the the caveat and uh, the uh, I don't know I don't know what I got. I'm just lucky that they're all here and I ain't got to go elsewhere. It's but, busy, busy. Um, You're filming a commercial at your place. You better hurry up because that house is on the market now. Yeah, I know. Thank God. <laughs> um, here's, here's the cool deal, though. Yeah. Here's the cool deal. It's a it's a web contest giveaway from Dodge. Yeah, and they're giving away five Hellcat. Red eyes. Oh, and and for the first time ever, these uh, five Hellcat red eyes will have more horsepower than the Dodge Demon. How? Just chew on that one for a while. And they're making five of them, and they're giving them away through a an internet contest. So keep your eyes peeled ladies and gentlemen if you want to be the new owner of the most powerful Dodge Challenger ever built forget about the demon this has got 15 more horsepower than the demon even with the chip in it so Ooh, I like that and I just found that out a minute ago and I'm actually trying to steal all five of them <laughs> so you know, don't get greedy just take two <laughs> I just want one I, and you know what's cool too is they brought the sleigh to the house oh yeah okay so um Goldberg Claus has two sleighs at his house, one real one and one made out of a red eye. So, yeah, um, it's pretty cool, man. It's 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 a cool deal. Obviously, you know what I did last weekend uh, yeah. up in up in Milwaukee with Leah breaking that world record for the Demon uh, Twin Turbo ran an eight six, I think one hundred fifty one miles an hour. Yeah, and uh, fortunately, I didn't kill myself in my car. Um, didn't have didn't have a roll cage. Didn't have belts. So all I could pull out was a 10 flat. 
So, uh, you know, I'd say it's fairly respectable. Um, that's fast. It was, it was fun. I think that car's got a hell of a lot more in it. Oh yeah. And, uh, next episode, man, I'll have to download about the all wheel drive carbon fiber, 1300 horsepower twin turbo Hellcat wide body charger. Isn't all wheel drive cheating? No, it's What's just that? different. <laughs> Alistair wants to know cheating? if all-wheel drive is cheating. Cheating? What yeah. is it cheating? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you if you're going against no. two-wheel drive, I don't know. No, actually, we talked to the guys. Uh, we talked to the gearhead fabric- fabrication guys, and they said that the two-wheel drive cars are, when they get them dialed in for the drag strip and the track's prep, they're, they're faster. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. How does that work? It's He's, more of a novelty than it yeah. is anything, because they use the base um, all-wheel drive uh, charger, which which is pretty much uh, normal for the uh, police cars now. Yeah, yeah. And he said the all-wheel drive chargers, and when they set it up for drag racing, they run at fifty-fifty ratio front and rear. Yeah, it's not you know like eighty percent in the rear, and just like you know, it's a little different than like a GTR or something. But that's yeah, just also how depends they, where the where the weight is, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, but yeah. I don't know. I think I think at some point down the the strip, it starts pulling a little bit instead of instead of pushing. You know, right? And uh, I, you know, All I, I can know tell it you is it's terrifying. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Um, all right, buddy. Well, enjoy your filming today. Enjoy the commercial that you're making. We can't wait to see it uh, next week for sure. Let's uh, catch up on the Wisconsin trip and uh, and. Uh, more SEMA prep, man. We got lots of stuff going on out there. Uh, there's appearances, there's shows, there's live car cast shows, there's uh, you know, stuff with Hot Wheels and Kana and air filters, and and uh, and then your car and my truck will both be out there in the MagnaFlow booth out front, the MagnaFlow semi truck area. So uh, come out yep. and see Green those. Green Demon will be at Weld Wheels too. So uh, oh yeah, catch us on Tuesday, man. I'll be uh, doing appearances at six different places, and <laughs> then I'm off to do the Goldberg. So. I'm actually uh, looking. You guys rock car cast. I know you can do it without me because now you can talk about other things other than horsepower. Uh, uh, we yeah. got that out American horsepower. We got that out of the way in the beginning. So, um, rock and roll, gentlemen. You guys have a great day. I appreciate it. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to coming to SEMA and actually seeing these cars in it for real, Bill. So I should be there on the Tuesday. So I'll uh, I'll let you up and looking forward to seeing all the uh, all the toys. Please do, my friend. Please do. You guys have a great show. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Bye. All right. It's good. He's excited. Doing a it's a hundred degrees outside. He's doing a Christmas commercial. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> in the in the in the desert. Dallas. Why is Santa so sweaty? <laughs> yeah, right? Why is he so Jewish? <laughs> he's uh he's doing he's working hard. Working hard. You think he's gonna wrestle again? Bill? Yeah. I tell you what, my Twitter is full of you know, like picture, but I, I looked at one the other day and I thought this must be kind of a retro image. I realized it was like a month ago or something. It was a month ago, I mean, he's yeah. in ridiculous shape. Yeah, the guy yes. in his 50s. <laughs> he's in his early 50s, the guy. Yeah, he definitely keeps himself in uh, in great shape. I think he's going to wrestle again. I think he'll be back in the ring. I don't want to give anything away because I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure. I'm going to say for sure. <laughs> it's kind of inspiring, <laughs> yeah. actually. All right, so you have some exciting stuff. Um, we were talking on the phone last night and uh, I was telling you that. Uh, my next trip is this coming weekend, and I'm heading out to Vegas, which I assume is going to be 195 degrees outside. And uh, I've been invited to the event to uh, uh, drive the new Ford Shelby GT500 on a track out there. 
which I'm very excited about. Um, I think it's a cool car. It looks great. The power seems great. And it might just be big and ridiculous. Who knows? But uh, but it's just everything kind of we, that we enjoy over here on, on for those types of cars. Um, so, but you're not going to this event. You have to... You have to. I have to come here and talk to you. Yeah, and yeah. we have people actually. Carlos Lago um, and some other video team are actually driving out there literally now. Uh, they just texted me from the car, so they're on their way to Vegas to to drive it, making a film about it, which I'll I'll be out shortly. So yeah, we're going big on it. It's a car that everybody enjoys. It's a proper Americana, yeah. isn't it? And you know, I kind of with my accent, I can't do that video. It doesn't. It doesn't. I can't pull that off. Well, Every, you might win one of those uh, red eyes that Bill's talking oh, about. Man. Then uh, the, then you'd be then fully your Americanized at that point. The YouTube comments. If I did the GD, <laughs> I, actually, I, I, I tell like we are um, at Edmonds. We're actually buying one. Uh, I'm so super excited. We've got a build date probably around December. Uh, it's not fairly guaranteed yet, so quite early in the process. Um, I'm actually going to go up to Detroit, and we this is a this is um, uh, a big reveal, a big exclusive. But we're going to go out and uh, go up to Detroit and actually film it being made, which will be oh, hugely wow. exciting. So yeah, actually go yeah. down the production line and be like, you know, uh, here comes the engine and everything else. So I'm super excited about that. And, how, uh, how are they just starting production in December? Are you guys early on the list? Is this going to be? Yeah, we thought we we've actually been delayed a little bit, but I think we're we're pretty early. I mean, we're just you know we're buying it. It's a it's a it's a customer car, so it's not um uh, there's nothing trick about it. So, but we we just asked the permission to go and go and film it, and we're working with Ford on that, and we've had a lot of fun just specking it out and working out which one. So, you guys li- like us over here, we we are often given press cars to drive and evaluate, and we you know we try to be pretty honest about everything, but sure. um. But you, so you guys do that. I know you do that, but also you buy cars for Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mix. So we tend how it how it works is, you know, we get cars on a two weekly basis, which we call a, a short term loan. So whenever a new model comes out, we have about three hundred cars a year through the office. So yeah. literally, I mean, it's a very privileged position, isn't it? Really, literally every night, pretty much, I have a, a different car, um, and that's the kind of meat and drink of what we do. But on top of that, we run a, a long-term test. The problem is with two weeks, we get loads of different people through. I mean, we've got 35 people in the team. Lots of people drive the car. Lots of people offer an, a, an opinion. We do take it to test track, and there's a real process. But on top of that, we like to run cars on what we call our long-term fleet, which is all about living with them. Mm-hmm. And, and we think that's really important because that's what real people do. And that does tend to show up slightly different things. You know, there's a little bit of reliability in there. But also, you know, we have a Chevy Bolt, and the seats are terrible. Uh, and and just things like that started great right. on your more over process. You got to give it a month to figure out, right? Like, the, there's know. some truth in that, definitely. And if you look at our site, we're actually just relaunching it at the moment. All our, our long term test pages, but they're all about what it's like to live with. And we want, and and that's a real mixture. We've got a Honda Accord, a CRV. Uh, um, trying to think, what else? A Ram fifteen hundred. How so, many miles do you jam onto a car in a year? Because about twenty thousand. About twenty thousand. So you're, you're basically trying to simulate two two and a half years of ownership in twelve months. Exactly, and of course, also what we have is is a wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. So you know, different heights, different sizes, and everything else. So you, you, but but also people with lots of experience of different cars. And you know, I always think this is slightly different about our industry. If you look at TripAdvisor, you believe that the person reviewing the hotel has probably stayed in thirty hotels of that type. With cars, it's different because it's all about access. And in order to judge an Accord, you've got to have driven a Camry and et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's kind of where we're coming from. Most of our fleet is 
you know the big sellers around 1500s and stuff but yeah also we wanted to have some some fun and and, and to generate some noise and in a, in a literal sense um if you get something like a gt500 in the fleet does is that car always taken or do most people kind of sign up for like a rav4 because they're they they want something like a little more convenient I think I think a GD five hundred will always be taken. I think it's going to always be taken. That's going to have seventy thousand miles on it in a year. Every time somebody goes on vacation or something, I'll take a GD five hundred. You guys are is there just like a calendar? Is there like a list you sign up for? It's it's, um, yeah, Google a Google sheet. But um, can't can't say that. Can I Google sheet? Yeah, but it is difficult because I mean, like I spent last week in and out of different Explorers and miss the RS5, the Audi RS5, because yeah. actually the Explorer is the car that I should be driving. The RS5 is the car that I, I want to drive. I just didn't happen to be around. But yeah, GT500, super excited about. Uh, I can talk you through the spec if you like. Also put our name down for a, for a Corvette, mid-engine Corvette, because we just know there is so much interest in that car. Yeah. So, okay. I pick, I think you picked two cars that, but first of all, this makes good sense. Let's just say it what it is from an editorial standpoint you pick two american halo cars yeah and that's always a traffic driver for for us for shows like yours you know for for uh for sites like yours people want to see that stuff it's interesting i don't know how many they're going to sell but there's always the halo cars and and you know those things like you like you're saying like the uh the uh the audi the rs5 i don't know how many people are buying an rs5 but that's a car that brings people into a brand. I mean, I look and, at uh, I look at traffic to the site and traffic to our social and mm-hmm. traffic to in you know, a video and you know it's a car that that I mean a lot of people will buy the Corvette, but you know it's it's actually you know a lot of people also buy buy normal Mustangs and the GT five hundred is uh, and you know what part of my my job at Edmunds is to to help get the brand out there, get people understanding what we're doing. What we what we'll try and do is well, not we will try and do. What we will do is actually approach it from an Edmunds perspective. I'll give you an example. We I drove a, a Lamborghini the other the other week, the um, uh, Hurricane Performante. Yeah, I like that one. A lovely car. But I read a bunch of reviews. Did you on drive it. the white convertible? Yeah, I think we had the yeah. same car. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have they don't have forty of those that are press fleet out here. By the way, they have one. But we drove that, and I read a bunch of reports, and you get so much now on you know YouTube and everything else. And I was like, there's two yeah. massive problems with that car. One, the trunk is basically non-existent. Yeah, that's not why you buy it, but and, go, keep going. And two, if you're over six foot, you basically can't drive it. I mean, I'm six Never foot four, had that it, was, it was a big problem. That's why we had different people in the team. <laughs> but nobody, t- nobody actually calls this out. So from an Edmunds perspective, what we're trying to do across whatever car it is, actually talk about how does this car work for you. And, yeah. you know, we all love... Lamborghinis and supercars and okay. stuff, but actually, if you can't take it on vacation for a long weekend because there's no trunk space, aside from not being able to yeah. carry anything and you not fitting in the car, it's fantastic. Yeah, it sounds great. it sounds great, and it sounds like it's amazing and it's fast and it's an eye catcher. And I did feel quite self conscious in it there. Yeah, did you? Because yeah. your head's above the uh, windshield, well, like that and just it's so not. I, I don't know. I don't know these days. I, I get a bit self conscious in cars like that with the roof down and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. me. I only put the roof down at night. I don't like it during the day. It's too much sun. I don't like cancer. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I don't know what it is. Like I'm not really. Maybe on like a like a cloudy day or something. You know, we don't get many of those here. But you know, like, no, I love the car. I, I mean, just you're you're out here now. You you maybe get up in the morning, go for you know walk the kids or dogs or whatever yeah. you got to do in the morning, and you start to see Halloween decorations in people's windows, and then you realize it's 98 degrees outside. Yeah. And you're like, uh, the math doesn't work on that. But uh, yeah, I kind of like, you know, like a drop the top at night and 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 cruise around, up, you know, grab some 
dinner or something up toward the Malibu and take that nice yeah, little that's drive. Lovely. That's a nice little drive. You don't need to bring bags. No. For that. You don't need to bring, you know. Besides, let's face it, you're not going on a weekend trip. You've got a brand new baby at home. So you're not going on a weekend trip anywhere. <laughs> that's true. Actually, going back to the GT500, one of the things that we. Yeah. Because Ford's obviously launching with the carbon pack and everything else, but actually. The one that we've gone for, what we try to do is, is is specify the one that actually works as a as a road car. Let's so, talk about that. It's about 120 degrees in the studio, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's super hot in here, by the way. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe uh, maybe Chris is going to come in and give us a massage, yeah, a bit yeah. of cold towel. He's going to come and he's going to blow on us. How did you spec out the GT500 uh, and so- why? So the big thing, if you look at the – I'm sure we all love to play with configurators and all sorts of things. Yeah. And you can pretty much drive it to $100,000 if you add the uh, the carbon pack, which gives you the, the big GD4 rear wing and the carbon wheels. And Where does it start? What's the base price? Uh, 7300 that, that seems really low. 73000 maybe. Seventy three hundred. Seventy thousand three hundred dollars uh, $7,300? Yes. $7,300? $7, yeah, $7,300. 7300 Oh, I got you. $7,300. No, yeah. I've, I've never... We don't do that. Okay. 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 Seventy thousand three hundred is the base 3, price. Seventy thousand three hundred dollars for the base, and you price. can go up to a hundred thousand. If you start putting the track pack on and everything else, you you the carbon pack. Sorry, you you very quickly get to a hundred. And to be honest, the carbon pack is one of those things that it's like eighteen thousand dollars or something. You look and what at is it? it? Carbon fiber wheels, some wheels, wings, wings splitter, tires, splitter, but. So we what we wanted was and also the problem is then you lose the rear seat, so it becomes less usable. So actually, what okay, we, so. Is the carbon package also what they were calling a track package? Sort is it of. Sort of, sort of a combination of the two? It is kind of, um, but it's mainly the carbon aesthetics and stuff. We, we're actually, what we're going to do is we're not going to buy that one, and I'll explain why in a moment. But then we're, we're going to, at some point in the future, we'll borrow a, one with the, with the carbon pack on. We'll put them head to head and we'll actually show what difference, like $18,000 with a carbon fiber actually means. The tires will make a difference because uh, it's got super sticky tires, but actually we can just buy those anyway. Yeah, you can buy tires. And actually the carbon wheels, you can probably add later down. That, 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 I mean, arguably that might make a difference on spring mass and all the rest of it, uh, but we can add those later anyway. So we went for standard car, Twister Orange, which is 500 okay. bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, techno- I saw that color... At uh, Bear Jackson Scottsdale last year. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, it's bright. Uh, uh, <laughs> technology package, which is just sensible stuff like sat-nav and things like that. It makes it a bit easier to live yeah, with yeah. some of the safety stuff. Um, handling package, which gives you the um, – that gives you the suspension and that – well, actually, that gives you the gurney flap. It's not a suspension. It gives you the gurney flap and the uh, little splitter wickers and stuff at yeah. the front. Now, it – the the standard configuration, whether it has the the handling package or not, comes with a with a Magna ride. Yeah, it's so just, you got the Magna ride. Um, maybe it's tuned differently if you order it with the carbon fiber uh, wheels. I don't think so. We, we're gonna you're gonna find yeah. out this week, but I don't believe so. I believe it's simply okay. just uh, just buying the carbon. Um, so handling package we've got. Uh, what else? Painted black roof. And that's kind of about it. Then you've got gas guzzler taxes and stuff. So that brings it all in at 79685 So it's an $80,000 car. So for eighty grand, it sounds like you're getting a lot of car, though. You are getting a lot of car. 760 horsepower, isn't it, off the top of my head? What is that and then you could add $18,000 of carbon stuff. Is there anything else you think that's missing from no, the No, there's nothing There's nothing really missing. So all you would oh, do is there like a stripe or a stripe delete kit? Or you can have a, stripes if you want. It's purely aesthetic stuff. Yeah, you can have stripes. Now, aren't you? the stripes expensive because they're painted? 
The stripes. I'd have to look that up, Matt. I can't remember. I, I know we I, just I looked at it. I recall seeing something looked- like I, I think the GT three fifty or the yeah the GT three fifty has a, a vinyl stripe, but it's inexpensive, five hundred bucks yeah. or something, seven hundred bucks. And I don't know if you can get vinyl or paint, or if it's just paint, but it's it's really expensive. Uh, I know we looked at it, and actually, it was just purely on aesthetic grounds. We just thought the stripes looks a bit naff, so we just kept it kept yeah. it pretty simple. But the gurney flap looks really cool. We actually think the, the, the rear wing with the gurney flap, as opposed yeah. to the big kind of because the the problem is with the carbon pack. Then you get this big sort of GT4 style rear wing, this like shelf on top of the yeah. on top of the rear, which just looks a bit to my eyes looks a bit aftermarket whereas the gurney flap looks really kind of nicely integrated and looks very cool now what's your prediction on visibility because i remember a while back you rolled up here in a a zr1 with all the crazy wing package on it and you couldn't you couldn't open the trunk you couldn't you couldn't like i get it it's not why you you buy that car but like it was it was probably difficult to drive around town yeah a little bit i think i think on the track it's great but on the 405 up to here you know on the freeway here it's like maybe not the ideal car (laughs) i think the gt500 i haven't driven it yet and you'll find out this weekend but i think the gt500 will be fine i mean it's basically a mustang the one thing it hasn't got of course is the is the stick shift which the gt350 does have and it has the flat plane crank which the gt500 doesn't have so you're gaining horsepower you're gaining speed obviously Mm -hmm. with 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 this with the gearbox that it does have but it's I don't know. Part of my appeal for me of Mustang is always that fantastic manual box, and the, and the GT three hundred and fifty does nail it as far as the sound and stuff like that. They've made a couple revisions, but what they didn't do is they didn't step up to like the new dash and stuff. It still has like the two analog dash uh, yeah. gauges and the new Mustangs and the the Bullet and the GT five hundred has the big digital dash. It's all configurable and stuff. So the GT350 still has, which is interesting because they've done some updates to the car, like, oh, we revised the suspension and we do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But they didn't they didn't upgrade any of the dash stuff. I'm, I'm not sure why. It's probably just a cost thing as, as yeah, we go maybe down the line. Yeah, maybe it's just a cost thing. But Years in my previous life, I shot a documentary on the development of the Focus RS. For, I spent three mm-hmm. years with Ford's development team, and this is before I joined Edmunds. And Alongside developing the RS, we came over to the US to to, to shoot the doco, and and they had a GT350 in development then. So mm-hmm. I actually got to see them going through with the, the the troubles with that engine and everything else. And I think that's probably part of the reason why the GT350 doesn't use that engine, the did, flat plane crank. Did you guys buy a GT350? No, we haven't. We haven't bought one of those. But but we will. Do you have some as- insight into the longevity of that engine? I know some of the race cars don't use it. I don't not. Yeah. Not. Um, I mean, I'm at- not hearing a lot about it, but you know, not like the the Focus RS heads that had a little bit of issue, and yeah. I think it's problem solved now or something. But there's not a lot. I mean, I guess there's not a huge amount out there, and how yeah. much they've been used and stuff. But no, it's just interesting. But also, you know, bear in mind the GD500 has got 760 horsepower, so you're putting a lot more stress on it. Yeah. Now, you do th- you think you're going to be disappointed, or you think you're going to be satisfied with the seven-speed DCT, the transmission there? I think day in day. I mean, I love stick shifts. Yeah. Um, but I day in day out, I think it'll be a nice thing to live with. And the thing is, it's so fast now that this is the problem. Once you get seven hundred plus horsepower, you can't. You know, managing yeah. a stick shift with that becomes extremely difficult. Do you think Ford anticipates that they're going to limit it, or they won't sell enough to justify the DCT and an optional manual? I guess it's it'll come. They down had to, to pick it'll be, one. It'll be cost. And they needed the performance numbers, right? Because they need to brag about the car. Yeah. And the DCT is the way to brag about the car. 
But do they do sort of a Porsche 911 move and they go, oh, you know, we're going to do a GT500 touring car and offer it with a manual and and uh, less wing, uh, you know, something like that. Does that make sense for, for Ford? I don't know that it does. I think I don't think so. I think, I for, think the, so. for the for the numbers that they do, and you mm-hmm. know, bear in mind, Porsche is in a different price bracket with things like GT3 Tourings, and yeah. they already have the box, and it doesn't. It, it probably doesn't doesn't make sense. In the same way that additional versions versions of the Focus RS, there was some talk of doing kind of like nutty versions of that that be of above and beyond the production mm-hmm. car. Yeah, these guys have got to build a business case. It doesn't really work. So. Well, that's what we have the aftermarket for. For every manual car, someone will swap in a sequential transmission. And for every, you know, sequential or DCT or something, somebody will swap in a manual. They'll be like, I just like the manual. And I, I probably, other than like the tuning and stuff, uh, probably swapping in a, a, you know, a Tremec into a GT500 is easy. You know, yeah, I mean, we know it fits. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see where the market goes with that. I mean, we know that Dodgers and everything else have got a huge aftermarket. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what, what people start to do with GT500s. Yeah. But and if the GT500 becomes available as a crate engine, it's very likely it won't include a complex DCT. Yeah. Right? So there are probably going to be some sort of six-speed or seven-speed manual, probably some Tremec six-speed uh, you know, version of that. So I, I would imagine – and it wouldn't surprise me – if at SEMA this year, one of Ford's announcement is a GT500 crate engine. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Right. And then they're going to – and then eventually they're going to say, hey, we're going to do it. It will be available. We're working on the, the, the box for it and then we're working on the transmission for it because the standalone computers that they sell for their crate engines has to take out all the other junk, the ABS and all the other tie-ins. You know, for the full car, so you can do it in a in a hot rod environment. But you know, it's a lot of power. It's a lot of power. Look, there's a there's a elephant engine. They got a thousand horsepower crate engine, which which they can't make enough. Like they just they announced a hundred of them. They sold in a day or something like that. You know, all of a sudden everyone needs a thousand horsepower crate engine for what? I have no idea. But all right. So when are you going to go? You're going to go in December. That we're looking like December for that. And then uh, we will follow it with a Corvette. With a Corvette. Let's get into that. First, I'm going to tell you guys about Zorro. If you purchase supplies for a business, you know that it's nearly impossible to find everything you need in one place. That's why there's Zorro.com, where the number one goal is to make your life easier. It's Zorro, Z-O-R-O.com. It's where you'll find everything you need for any business of almost any industry. Zorro.com has tools and equipment, safety and office supplies, cleaning supplies, and more. Zorro has tons of stuff for industries like electrical, plumbing, contracting, manufacturing, and more. You'll find brands that you know and trust like Stanley, 3M, Milwaukee, Schneider and Rubbermaid, just to name a few over there. Zorro.com offers amazing customer service for real people based in the U.S. You'll also enjoy fast, free shipping on orders of 50 bucks or more. Even if you don't have a business to shop for, you can still find lots of great items at Zorro.com. Right now, if you sign up for their Z-Mail newsletter, you'll get 15% off. This is what you do. You go to Zorro.com slash CarCast. That's Zorro.com slash CarCast. Sign up for the newsletter. Get 15% off your first order. All right. Corvette. Completely different animal, but also like everyone's going to test those two together because they're American muscle and similar money, you know, big, iconic American brands, you know, Ford's 
sports car, if you will, Chevy's sports car, front engine versus rear engine, rear mid, front mid yeah. versus rear mid. I don't know. No, it's just <laughs> like, uh, uh, of course, we're we're also reading. I want to get your thoughts on this too. A little bit of a little bit of a hiccup over at uh, over at GM with uh, uh, fighting with labor unions and some delays on getting the the C8s built. And you know, I know there was. The, I think they were trying to ship cars by the end of the year. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, it's been a bit of a. It's been a tough time, and uh, you know, there, there may well be. I think we're, we're hearing of modest delays. Um, you know, a month or so. Just to see how that that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's inevitable if you if you if you stop production because you know that cars don't get built. It's it's fairly straightforward. But you know, and most- they have to convert the plant for the C sevens over to C eight. Like yeah. there's you got to end C seven completely. You got to ramp up for C eight. It's a big. I mean, people underestimate just how complex. And that's what one of the things that we're going to try and show with the GT five hundred build film is. You know, this is a. This is, you know, the money and the complexity and everything else of building cars. And, you know, our old friends at Tesla are, you know, fast discovering this. And, you know, a lot of, you know, we saw in the last couple of weeks with Dyson, the electric, you know, uh, you know they're fantastic at building vacuum cleaners and spent, God knows how much, tens if not hundreds of millions of, of dollars on on electric car program, which they've now canned because they, they can't see a business case. Right. So, you know, this it's is... expensive it's, it's a tough, tough, they put together. It's a tough, tough yeah. business, this. And... You know, Chevy and Ford have been at this a long, long time, and you know they it's it's tough for them too. So, you know, it all takes time, and it all takes engineering. And let, let me ask you, let me ask you this before we get into the build of of your Corvette. A lot of people think that they shouldn't buy like the first generation of a car because it needs to work out its bugs. And we do see time and time again, Ford Explorer, a new Ford Explorer is an example we can get into in a minute. Yeah, Shelby GT500 potentially is new enough, could have some bugs, but on a platform that's can kind of been around a little bit. Yeah, most they of it's They sort of refined proven, right? a lot of their magnetic ride, the Magna ride and and – you know, the, the engine that it's based on and maybe the DCT hasn't been figured out yet unless it's used from a different cars. You know, so it's not completely new. And now your business is to get them new and to give us the, you know, sort of the the no hype version of, of you know, the honest testing and, and, and of course, the long term when you guys do the long term stuff. Is something like a C8 where they're converting a plant over and starting from scratch and completely new everything. It's a big investment for them. What's your I what's your thoughts on should people order one because they love it and they want to have it, or should they wait a year or two and get some bugs worked out? You know what it's it's a bit like you when you know in your iPhone or your Android they they send a software update. Yeah. And like the super geeks get it in beta form and then it comes out for, yeah, yeah. for real and we said, I'll give it six months, let them and then you know, we saw it recently. Apple did an upgrade and then within three or four days they were desperately ironing out the bugs. You're right, these things are so complex that typically you would want to wait a good six months before you get into the get into the car. Is I mean, six months enough time for a manufacturer to get feedback it, and make it, changes? Because I think of Alfa Romeo Giulia, a car that I was <laughs> such a fan I, of on I, paper. They, they never... They, yeah, I don't that, think they fixed anything, right? I don't think they ever bothered to fix anything in the entire, entire life cycle of, 
I, right. Oh, you so, mean sorry, the current Julia? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking. I'm thinking no, historically. No, no, no. The current, the, the current, current Julia. I, I was going back in time for a moment. Like, a, like a few years ago, they announced yeah. it on the auto show, and I'm like, I love this idea. Yeah, it's a it looks good great. looking, hot little, you know, four door, you know, five hundred yeah. something horse, five hundred five horsepower turbo. You know, it's like everything about it. I loved. I love the idea of of having a little Italian version of what the Germans have been doing. And it just seemed kind of plagued with some flaws and some drivability issues and 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 you know, it's been a few years now and I don't know that those bugs have been worked out. It's a tough one because if you look I mean, the obvious one that in our experience that was re- really guilty of this was our Model Three. We got a very early Tesla Model Three. Yeah, we bought it, and for the first few months, it was the, it was the, junk. The, <laughs> it was it was it's terrible. If you read our long term test reports, it's you know we got a lot of stick. The car was that had so many problems. Actually, now because partly because Tesla does over the air updates, you know, and credit yeah. to them, they do that. You know, for the past six months, touch wood, it's been it's been great. So, you know, that is a casing point. Now, Tesla probably takes it to an extreme in that they're using customers as uh, early adopters as, as test drivers, yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have a lot of reservations around that, particularly around things like um, autopilot. Yeah, if as you get, do I. As you, I've had some opinions about Tesla. <laughs> but if you get into, like, the Corvette, there's always this trade-off because people want the first, you know, I understand the, the, the feeling that you want to be the first person in a mid-engine Corvette. You want to drive around LA or Boston or wherever you are yeah. and feel like a hero. I completely get that. Are there teething troubles with every new car? Yeah. I mean, Ram had a bunch of problems, we know, with the with the 1500 when it was new. You know, you need, there are always bits and pieces. Yeah. And as but things, the 1500 is good now. The 1500 seems to be, a lot of the problems seem to be solved. There's a bunch of recalls on, on ours. Um, so give it give it some time. And it depends on, you know, some of these things can be irritations, and some of these can, can be can be a major problem that actually takes the vehicle off the road. So, you know, you're always going to be trading this this desire to be first with you know the kind of rationale. If you were being completely cold hearted about it, I would say give it at least six months before you jump in. Should people be afraid of recalls, or is that just part of the process now? Like it's not that big of a deal. You take it in, you get it fixed. I think it's a bigger deal. It's it's, it's a hassle factor. I mean, obviously, it depends what it is. Right. You know, if it's if a it, Takata airbag yeah, or like a, a fuel pump issue and there's fire involved, right? It, but, but, it, it, you know. but generally, it's it's more about the hassle. You know, we, these days we get – I mean, you and I both have classic cars and, you know, you accept certain things about that. But with a modern car, you don't think of a modern car as unreliable. Yeah. So if anything that takes you away from work and into the shop to have something fixed or recalled is going to be is going to be a hassle. And when we look at how people use Edmunds, what people are looking for, you know, reliability is so important to people because, you know, particularly in the in the US, particularly in California, everybody commutes all the time. You know, the car becomes your staple of your life, and if it if it breaks down, it's big, it's big drama. Yeah. All right. Let's get into your to your Corvette build. The I was at the launch. They said it starts at under sixty thousand. It was fifty nine thousand, whatever for fifty nine nine ninety five. And then they immediately said, "By the way, next year it's not going to be under sixty thousand. It's going to be like sixty one thousand and change. So, or sixty two thousand. So only the first year is under sixty. And then it's going to be a slight bump. I don't know yeah. if it's going to make much of a difference to anybody. But it's like if you're buying that car, who cares? So you're starting at about sixty thousand. What do you buy? So this is always the the question, isn't it? Because the, the, every car has a starting price, and mm-hmm. very few cars of any description are ever sold at the starting price. Right. Um, and normally that's just a bit of marketing nonsense to get you, you know, for the headline. This is what we we've come up with. What we believe is the ideal spec for a mid-engine Corvette at the moment. So you start off with a two LT, which gives you so the, which is sixty-seven two nine five. That gives you the sort of basic technology kit and everything else that you, right. that you'd want. 
you then add uh, $500 for rapid blue paint. And to be fair to GM, you know, we're used to, you look at Porsche's option prices and we had yeah. a, a 992. Well, the GT500 orange was 500 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you throw $500, by the way, that blue is fantastic. It is. And, <laughs> but, you know, look at what Porsche charges for paint. You know, GM at least yeah. is, is being sensible because my big concern is, yeah, 60000 Oh, but it's 100000 by the time you add, you know, yeah, yeah, wheels yeah. and paint. Um, <laughs> wheels and paint. So, so it's five, funny those are options. Five hundred dollars for uh, for paint. Uh, then you want the Z fifty one kit, which is another five grand. Right. That gives you the uh, perfor- suspension performance package, which I think if you're buying a vet, you want that. Right. It's got the sticky tires. It's got the yeah know, the different tune suspension. Tune. The Z fifty one is kind of a no brainer. etc. That. That, that's the no brainer. Actually, that's, that sounds inexpensive to me. Five. But grand. that's also the only one where you're like, mm, yeah, that can, you kind of need that. Yeah. Um, 1895 for magnetic ride control, performance traction management. Again, you might say, well, that's super desirable. So five grand for the... So seven grand for, for, the, for the, the tune, basically. Right. What was the track pack or handling pack on the GT500? Depends because it kind of add it up. Uh, yeah, 1500, yeah. then you've got the, 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 the carbon pack is really just... Carbon. Right, the carbon one is yeah, off the it table, doesn't but really, you got handling pack anyway. Yeah, it got, already that's comes only fifteen hundred bucks, I think. So yeah, the magna ride and stuff is already in there. Okay, uh, carbon flash open spoke wheel—that's a grand. That's just aesthetic. That's that's just does GPS front axle lift system. I love that idea. You've got to have a. You've got to have a love any, that idea. Any car like this, do not buy yeah. any car if like this without front axle lift of any description. If you haven't heard me talk about this before, quickly tell them what this is. So. We've got used on on particularly mid-engine supercars where you're just grinding the nose the whole time. Uh, so never buy a McLaren without this system, for example. Now, most of them, you actually have to manually flick up and down. This and they're kind of slow. And the only one that's slow. fast is the, is the uh, Ford, Ford GT. GT. Yes. That thing pops in the air like a lowrider. That also feels <laughs> like, you know, when you come into the pits at Le Mans, it goes yeah. boom. Yeah. That's the same, the same gig, I think. It's little hydraulics. Apart from that, they're all super slow and irritating. This is actually claiming to use GPS technology, so yes. it learns. You I'm can set, sure whether it yeah, knows you can set it points. You can set points. So if you're on your commute home, the car will automatically. Yeah, you've got to have so a lot of you, faith you, in it. You you buy the car, you drive it around, and as you're going to places and you're hitting the front axle lift. The front nose lift. You're going into your driveway, going into a parking garage, going to the mall you go to, going to you know, going to see your therapist for the money that you spent, like all that <laughs> stuff. And each time you do it, the car will basically some version of it will go. Do you want us to remember this one? And be like, yes, I do. And then it uses GPS, and as you get approaching that area. It, it'll do it for you. You don't have to hit the button every time. I tell you what, you've got to have a lot of faith, haven't you? You got a lot of faith that that's going to work. And well, if, you take if it the front- doesn't tell you, like if you're rolling up to your garage and we're like, oh, it, yeah. it didn't work. GPS is down. But who's it's liable? cloudy out. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's to blame for that? And then maybe it'll tell you, hey, Axel's not lifted. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. But anyway, great idea. Great idea. Axel lift is great. Fifteen hundred bucks. And the GPS uh, version. Uh, and the GPS. Yeah, and you can store. GPS. I don't know some crazy amount, like a thousand points. Speed, speed bumps. Yeah. Um, then we get into some silly stuff. Uh, edge red calipers. I mean, you've got, okay. to, you've got to have that. Well, that's, what color? That's, oh, you got blue. A you ordered a blue car. So we've got a blue car. So with the we, red calipers. With the red calipers. That's worth a second a lap. That's uh, 595 bucks. Okay. So it costs, red calipers cost more money than the entire paint job. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yes. Yeah. But still worth it. Okay. Um, GT2C, there's a bunch of different seat options. For there the, are. For the, the GT2C feel like the best compromise for us. 1500 bucks. Did you look at the seat options? Did the seat options range from zero to 5000 or are they yeah, all you've around? Got a, you, and also it's like how, how clenched do you want your buttocks to be? Yeah. So you can either have like the fat American version where you just kind of loll around, which yeah. probably doesn't work too much, or you, or you can get into that kind of mid. <laughs> the fat American version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. Or the um, yeah. or we've gone for GT two, which is which is buttock. So you got the but, but, skinny but okay. British seats. Is that the is that the version you guys ordered? <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, this is red seat belts to match the calipers. That's three hundred. Okay, well, what what color is the interior? Black, black. Okay. So the concern is it looks like a black hull in there. So you need a bit of color, particularly for photos. Important for us, of course. Red seat belts. Okay. Three ninety five. Okay. It's a lot of money for seat belts. It's a lot of money for seat belts. Um, engine appearance package that like turns the puts the engine cover red. Yeah, nine ninety five. Yeah, it's actually a good looking engine. Like you know, they put the plastic bits over it to make it look fancy, yeah. but they did a good job. It's it's cool looking yeah. uh, engine. And then oh, actually, that's not the red bit. The engine, red engine cover separate. Engine appearance package. I think is like LEDs and stuff. It just gives you a bit of yeah, it gives like kind of lights it up. And then museum delivery. I think if you buy one of these, it's nine hundred ninety-five bucks. So it's an indulgence, but it's fantastic to go to the museum and get all the kind of right. But that's a great content piece for you guys. That's, exactly. You know. So you add all that together, and you end up with eighty-one six five five. So you've added twenty k to the to the absolute base of a Corvette. I would argue of those. Yeah, it's eighteen. Of those, I would argue that probably eight eight to ten grand of those. Uh, must have so five grand for the performance suspension, two grand for the Magna ride, uh, GPS you got to have that's it's one that's one and a half, so probably ten grand is a must. So the probably the if you're just going for performance, you're going to be spending early seventies, but then with the technology package, late seventies. So okay, I would say that you know we always look at this with nine elevens and everything. The the kind of natural price of a of a Corvette where I'd expect most of them to change hands at is around eighty. Now. How much can you spend on on a C8? Are there more options? Can you make it a hundred grand? I think like, are there you, all kinds of carbon bits and stuff. Like, I, could you go that far with it? Or, or I reckon you could probably get it to a hundred, but not much more. And then, of course, we'll see the the other models coming yeah. in and the cabriolet, the convertible ads, <laughs> seven and a half. I want to say it's, yeah, that, something, it's like something like that. Like yeah, that. yeah. And that's, it, that looks good, but, by the way. I'm not again. Uh, I'm not. Super into convertibles, but the convertible hardtop and it does look good. With those sort of buttresses. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Florida and had a had a look at that. They did a big event over it, um, and they made a big, you know, they made a big uh, a, a fuss over the structural integrity is the same. It doesn't add a lot of weight, and all the storage is still the same. Well, the the standard cars are Targa, so actually yeah. you're kind of saying, well, how much do you need a convertible if the standard cars are Targa anyway? Yeah. So you know, I well, think you, you want to take the top off by yourself or not and drive it at night, <laughs> right? And drive it at night. But we're actually getting a Corvette in ne- not ours. Um, that's not going to be early next year, but uh, we're actually getting a Corvette in next week. So we, we're working on our Edmunds top rated awards at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we're getting in that for um, appraisal. So we're actually we're actually spending some proper time in it. Time. Do you guys ever take cars to the dyno? Or something like this or the Shelby, would, does it make sense to take it to the dyno and see what kind of... It does, and we probably will with our long-term cars, yeah. Um, 
We we do depending on on, on the car. Yes, it's a bit you like got to do it with the cars that you, you buy because I feel like there's a little trickery going on with some of these media cars. I remember specifically driving Lexus LFAs, like two of them, like at the same track day. Yeah, and I'm like, this yellow one feels good. Got on the black one, I was like this black one is fast as shit. <laughs> They're like, well, it's got a prototype tune in it. I was like, so you're. You're making it hot for us, or you're doing, or you're dumbing down the other press car. Like I'm curious. The worst example of this, you remember when Volkswagen did those 1.8 turbo engines, five cylinder mm-hmm. 1.8 turbo engines, and they did them. And I think if I remember correctly, there was like 150 horsepower, 180, 210. Then you went up to like 285 for an Audi S3 and things like that. Yeah. There was so much cheating going on with those. Those, those, those days. You like get a little Skoda, which will do zero to sixty in five seconds. <laughs> it was like the, if you go back, if there's some fantastic MG. If you ever look, if you want to, if you're in bored moment, Google the MG Maestro Turbo, which was a terrible British car from the eighties. But they ran a whole commercial campaign faster than a Ferrari, faster than a Porsche. It's all nonsense. It's they, all nonsense. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, I can't get sued now. It's a long time ago. <laughs> I do want to ask a couple questions about Explorer, Ford Explorer. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Dodge, our friends at Dodge. Vidget, vidget. Visit your local Dodge dealer for performance, technology, and great deals. Never has there been a better time. Right now, Dodge is offering power dollars. With power dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. Every Dodge Charger, every 2019 Durango, every 2019 Challenger, you can get a deal. This means if you buy a 2019 Dodge SRT Hellcat Red Eye and receive an almost $8,000 cash allowance. Get more power, get more off. It's that simple. Hurry to your local Dodge dealer today and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. I went and drove the Ford Explorer. This is a very important car for Ford, vehicle for Ford. Uh, you know, good size, three row, a lot of brand equity in the name Explorer. Uh, I love the Lincolns as well, the Aviator, and and I just drove the Corsair and a couple of the other ones. Looks like Ford is kind of flubbing the launch of the Explorer. What's going on with that thing? Yeah, they've had some. When you see flipping those, it's actually more about the build than the. Well, that's what I'm the, saying. There's two it's things, like, yeah. They, they've had a like lot they've of. They've already recalled it for an issue. Yeah, and they've been moving cars two. from one plant to another to sort out some of the problems. I mean, it's what we were talking about earlier. How it's easy to underestimate how difficult and complex mm-hmm. it is to to launch a new vehicle. But the the Explorer is one of those cars that you're right. It's it's a staple, not just a Ford, but of kind of American life, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's such an important vehicle, and the last one had been around for ten years, so. You know, they've gone to great lengths to, you know, rear-wheel drive platforms, and that platform also is shared with the Lincoln Aviator. So hugely important to Ford. Honestly, Mike, I know they've had problems with the production, but we've we've also had three different three different variants into the office. It's not the greatest car ever. It's, really? It's just – I know you did the launch car. Like it, there are certain things about it. I think the fundamental engineering is is good. But you look at some of the interior quality and some of you know like material choices, not just how it's built, but but what it's built with, and it just doesn't feel like it. You know things like the Kia Telluride, which are also built in the US. So you haven't even got that excuse. You know it's mm-hmm. are just a step beyond it, and and it's going to hit. We we rank all the vehicles in each class, and you know this is going to. We we're still finalising some of it, but this is not going to be in the top three or four. It might even be down sixth or seventh as as we, we sort of go finalize the testing process. So 
And who, who? what's that test look like? What are you going up against? You mentioned the Kia Telluride, which yeah. I haven't driven yet, and I actually kind of like. The, the Telluride's like, a fantastic like the vehicle. It. Yeah. The, it looks fantastic. The, well, how the do they come out ride? with a from-scratch new vehicle and nail it, and so many other companies can't? What, do you know the, what the, where's do you know the what quality the, assurance do, process with these companies? Do you like, know what the problem sometimes, and having, having kind of worked with the industry a little bit on, on some of this stuff, is, is when you – it's almost like a mindset thing. And I don't know this for certain, so I'm hypothesizing, but, so bear with me. But uh, one of the problems with cars, of, of over, particularly from the big manufacturers over, over recent years, or going back like two or three decades, is that a lot of it's focused on customer clinics. And a lot of people are saying, well, we want what we've got, but we want to ch- this and this needs to improve. So everybody says, okay, we'll, we'll take what we've got, we'll improve this and this and this. And then they look at maybe what their rivals are doing at the moment. And say, well, is it better than you know the equivalent GM mm-hmm. or something? Oh, yeah, well, that's better in this way. Yeah, and then you launch it. But the problem is, in the meantime, others come along and just basically take a clean sheet of paper, like um, Hyundai has with the Palisade and, and, and Kia with the Telluride, which are fundamentally right. the same. Which thing. they didn't really have a vehicle they in that have. segment, they, they, so they were able to start with a clean sheet. And honestly, you know, you get into the Telluride, particularly if you go for one of the higher spec ones, and it feels more like it's inspired by a BMW. Uh, you know, Q7 or something like um, X7, sorry, X7, sorry. Um, What's the price point of a Telluride? It starts in the 30s. I mean, yeah. but also, you yeah. know, mid-30s. I mean, even you get a really nice spec one, you're in yeah. the end of the 40s. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a cheap car, but it's, it's no, it sounds it's so much. Everything is expensive so much for the, these days. Yeah, and know, the, so. the other problem is the Explorer is more expensive, significantly yeah. more. So you've got a car which actually the, the interior quality isn't as good, costing more money, and... You know, it's just and we've ended up being a little bit disappointed with it, and that's a shame because actually it was a car that you know seemed like it had real integrity. The engine was something car that we wanted to like, and then and then you layer on that some of the manufacturing problems and the bad press that they've had. And the trouble is with launching cars, you need to get it, you need to get the launch right because you only launch these things once. And you know, history is is littered with car, examples of cars that that were actually pretty sound but were launched badly, and a few things went wrong, and then they just get tarred with that. And what do you think is happening? Do you think they're they're rushing at some point? Do you think it's like marketing things or timing things or somebody has to beat the other competitor on a launch? Like I, I never got the feeling that building and launching a car was a rushed process because we see concept cars and then we see the real car three years later. It shouldn't be on a like, vehicle like this. Sometimes manufacturers like, – like McLaren launched the MP412C too early because they had to get the cash flowing and – yeah. Know. Private will probably admit that now, but something like the Explorer is such a staple product. It's not like Ford doesn't do those things. But I give you an example that just seems bizarre. Now we're all into Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Mm-hmm. If you go for the upspec Explorer, which has a vertical screen in the middle, which they made a big play about, and you plug in your Apple CarPlay, then it ends up being so narrow as to almost you know as to almost irrelevant. And so little details like yeah. that, you kind of go, why? So, but, but that could be. A software upgrade, right? Like well, no, but the actual point, real estate yeah. of the screen, because it's a because it's a portrait scheme screen yeah. instead it, of a landscape screen, and now, CarPlay set up for landscape. And isn't isn't CarPlay doing a software update on their version like in a month or something like that? Because we heard about some hey, of it's you're come out to, already with the new iOS system, but yeah. We digress. I mean, the reality is a company like Ford, with all their experience and all their know-how, should not be making a hash of the law. I mean, you can assess the product and decide whether you like it or not. That's one thing. But, you know, you know, to make a big hash of the launch and it affects your share price, it affects morale, you know, it's easy to get into a kind of negative spiral about this stuff. Yeah. 
especially you know at the same time you know obviously there's been all the strikes at GM and you know and, and companies like Kia are knocking it out of the park and they're building them in the US. We've been we've been driving and testing a lot of the uh, SUVs recently. We've been just sort of doing a little bit of our own little opinion valuations on SUVs, driving a bunch of stuff. I got the Rav Four Hybrid coming in like uh, today as we're here sitting here and recording. Got a CRV coming in like after SEMA. You know, a little different for us for what we do here, but I am very interested in driving that Kia Telluride. I I. So curious to know what Kia is doing with that. It looks good. And is it as good as you're saying? Like, if it, I expect it to be good. And now in that price range that you're talking about, I that's that's significant for Kia. It is. And actually, what, what you're finding, there's, there's examples of Telluride's going above sticker price. It's that much in demand. Don't ever pay that. Don't get me started on those. I don't want to get you started on that. But, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a great vehicle. And now and again, a, a manufacturer comes along and just comes out with a vehicle. We've just done a triple test on video, which is coming out very shortly, of the Telluride versus Palisade versus the Explorer. Okay. Um, and without giving the game away from the way I'm talking, you probably imagine Explorer what wins. Explorer doesn't but, win. <laughs> um, and just occasionally, a manufacturer comes out with a vehicle where they just absolutely nail it. They absolutely yeah. nail the sweet spot. And the Telluride really feels like one of those. I mean, it's about the same money as a Honda Passport, but you've got three rows of seats. It looks great. It's just, um, it's just a great job. And, and yeah. what's nice is it's it's actually selling. And when I look at we, – we have data on, on Edmunds about what, what people are searching for, what, what cars are, are being researched on the site. It's in the top five, which is crazy for a three-row SUV. Yeah. I wonder what they're doing with the marketing, who they're targeting. But uh, all right, as usual, you guys can go to edmunds.com slash road noise and catch up on all of this stuff. Go there every day. Just go in there every day. Some people do. Lots of people do. Yeah, it's like it's like logging in your social media. You're checking what's going on. Just go to edmunds.com slash road noise. Hit it for a few minutes every day. You'll feel good. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll learn more. You can follow our you can own. bore people in the pub. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can follow Alistair. He's Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and he's Weavometer on Instagram. I am indeed. Yes. I don't know why I laugh every time I say it, but I got it right. Weavometer on Instagram. You can follow me, Motorator. I'm on all sorts of social media up there. You can follow Goldberg as well. You guys know where he is, Goldberg, Goldberg Garage. Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Oh, for 1.8 million Instagram followers. Yeah. He has, do, how many do you have? Me? Yeah. Not 1.8 million? No. Well, you're going to get a few more right after this. Okay. There we go. There you go. Make me feel less lonely. Wivometer. Tell them <laughs> Large Marge sent you. <laughs> tell them Garcast sent you. Uh, what else is up? Uh, uh, what's new with uh, with Edmonds? We're going to see you next month or something. We're going to head out to SEMA. You're going to SEMA for your first time ever? Second time. I was there Second last time. Year. I had dinner with you last year, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm glad it was memorable. <laughs> Wait, we did? We had dinner last We did. Time. We sat in a casino and enjoyed a, 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 a late night whiskey. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably why we don't remember. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, all, well, my, all, my, all my dates in that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a lot going on at SEMA as well. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Adam Kroll and I will be there. At, uh, Goldberg, I believe he said he's going to be in the Weld Wheels booth on Tuesday with his uh, green uh, uh, challenger. And uh, Adam and I will be in the KN Filters booth Tuesday morning to do a live car cast. We're going to do a big episode, and I believe we're just locking it in, so don't tell anybody. 
but possibly our good friend Patrick Long, right? Porsche race yeah. car driver will Man, be a I guest. Patrick. Uh, Patrick Dempsey will, oh. will be a guest. Um, our friend Doctor Dreamy, yeah, Mc McDreamy, McDreamy, McDreamy. I think that's what they call him. Yeah, uh, I have not watched the show. Just don't have um, any photo next to him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I feel like we got to go on a diet, just lose some weight, just to go do the live show, get photos with him. Uh, our good friend Gard Hollinger from Arch Motorcycles, and possibly his uh, business partner Keanu Reeves could oh. be there live in the booth doing car cast with us. Uh, and a couple of other guys um, as well. So that will be Tuesday morning, uh, 9, 9.30-ish in the K&N Filters booth in Central Hall. I will be doing Shift and Steer podcast every day from the Magnaflow booth in Central Hall. We've got a great lineup of guests for that as well. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday morning, CarCast live again in the Magnaflow booth with Hot Wheels. Tuesday afternoon, uh, myself, Adam Carolla, uh, Jay Leno, and a bunch of other guys will be judging the finale of the Hot Wheels Legends Tour. The winner of that gets their vehicle made into a Hot Wheels car. That's so nice. we are going to be judging that. We're going to pick the winner. We're going to interview the winner and announce the winner Wednesday morning, uh, probably 9-ish, 9.30-ish, uh, Wednesday morning a live podcast also in the Magnaflow booth in uh, Central Hall. So we got a lot going on. And I'll be there all week. We'll be running around doing interviews. Looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, what's uh, anything else to touch on uh, on Edmonds? Edmonds.com slash road noise, if you weren't familiar. That's the website. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of new stuff coming in. Really busy time. GT500 test this week. Uh, video launching there. Big triple test coming of the uh, Explorer versus Telluride versus Palisade. New feature on the cheapest cars on sale as well. You know, we, we, we talked a lot about Exotica, but we've got we got a feature on on the cheapest cars available. You know, under 15,000 gets you a I didn't know you could buy something car. under 15,000. Yeah. And actually, you know, like Nissan Versa, Nissan's just brought out a new Versa. This is a nice, you know, there's plenty of safety kit, there's technology, you can get the Apple CarPlay and everything else. This is a good little car, you know, well under 18,000 bucks or something, or, or uh, just over 15, I think it starts at. So... You know, we've been taking a look at, at so a fifteen thousand dollar Versa has CarPlay and a Rolls Royce doesn't. Yeah, there's some madness out there. <laughs> Tesla doesn't either. But uh, yeah. so that that that's kind of fun as well. So we're, we're getting the market covered, and and there's you know there's tons of new stuff coming out. We're in the process of judging our top rated awards. Maybe we'll talk about that next time we come on, and that'll be announced mid December. But that's a big deal for us. We're, we're shooting that next week, and we've got two through the night shoots at a secret location. So we literally okay. start filming at 6 p.m. and carry on through the night. And uh, you're going to bring in some uh, some news about L.A. Auto Show as well? L.A. Auto Show is coming up 27th of November. That looks like it's going to be a great show. Um, SEMA first. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a huge amount happening from supercars to $15,000 hatchbacks. Love it. We got it all. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.